0: welcome to queerly recommended the podcast where we recommend queer tv shows books films and more i am tara scott and i review queer women's fiction at the lesbian review and smart bitches trashy books and today i am recommending a reality competition show and no it is not rupaul's drag race although you will get the usual update
1: and i'm chris bryant a contemporary romance writer for bold strokes books and today i will be recommending a mainstream movie
0: if you would like to support our show, there's a link in the show notes, or you can contribute to our coffee at ko-fi.com slash recommended. Chris, hooray! Yes! You are
1: back! Woo-hoo-hoo. It's good to be back. Thank you. Thank you. I have missed the show.
0: And I think even slightly more exciting, perhaps... For some people, depending on whether they're readers or not, you have a new book coming out.
1: I, no, I'm so excited. I just finished Page Proofs and turned it in. It's at the printer right now. It is okay. called Catch.
0: And it's the sexiest. What's it about? Were you about to talk about it having the sexiest cover? Uh, it, does have that.
1: What? <laughs> it has the sexiest cover. And here's the funny thing. When I was coming up with the cover ideas, um, Deb actually came up with a few and I'm like, ah, these are all boring. Like, these are boring. Uh, this one looks Mm -hmm. too slutty. And like, it was just like, there was a lot going on that I didn't want my book to represent. So the original photo, it's just, it's just a sexy woman holding a football and she's kind of a little dirty and it's like from the chin down. But the original photo has like, she has really bright red lips and it just didn't go. And so once Mm -hmm. I took the lips out of it, it just, it's a great photo and it fits the story perfectly. So it's, uh it's kind of like a second chance romance. It's about uh, high school sweethearts that meet up again in their thirties. And uh there's kind of like, a, I, I'm not going to call it a love triangle because it's really not, mm-hmm. but I can't give anything else away because there's like a huge twist in this book. So it goes past, present, past, present, and it's a different structure. It's like completely different than anything I've done before. And I am so fucking excited about this book, and it's about American football, but not really. It's about relationships, and uh, it's cool. I'm having a good time. I had a good time writing it, and an even better time, you know, getting it back to the typesetter and to go to print, because now I know it's done, and the next step is it's coming out and reviews will come out.
0: So exciting. All right, when is it out?
1: Okay, it's Catch, by the way. I don't know if I said the title. It's called Catch. Mm -hmm. And it it officially comes out January 1st, but I believe it's available for reviews at the end of or at the uh, beginning of December.
0: Usually, yeah. A so it'll be on NetGalley at that point, and then January 1st is that on the BSB site or is that everywhere?
1: It is on the BSB site January 1st, and then I think January 11th it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere else.
0: Go All pre-order the other it. Places. Go get yes. it. Pre-order it. And,
1: and here I'm doing this like really cool contest. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I have – it's it's about a new, quote-unquote, expansion team for the NFL. Like, if you mm. know anything about football, you're going to want to read this book. Seriously. And so there's this new team called the Connecticut Cheetahs. And so I have a logo designed for the new Cheetahs, for the new NFL team. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this contest. Like, you get this brand-new T-shirt with the logo printed on, and I'll have to figure out – away like what kind of contest i'm gonna have like you know show pre-order receipts or something mm-hmm. like that and i'll pick from however many people because i ordered a bunch so i'm really excited about this so
0: fun ah,
1: so you have fun. to help me come up with a with a good contest but that's kind of what i'm angling for
0: okay we're gonna do that but not okay good. not right now <laughs> can you imagine a podcast that's just the two of us <laughs> figuring out the logistics of a contest okay you see it's like the... <laughs> right Ah, oh yes so
1: so that's what's been going on with me what about you what has been going on with you
0: i am so excited because i am on vacation for a week doing my absolute favorite style of vacation which okay okay many people love traveling i also love traveling but even better than traveling is staying at home while my kids go (laughs) to school that is a double (laughs) vacation right oh my goodness it is the best because neil is a stay-at-home dad and so like we're just gonna hang out and not have our kids here (laughs) in this house that's awesome we're gonna go to our favorite diner i'm gonna get new glasses uh which i'm also ridiculously excited about because okay, people are obviously listening to this so they can't see, but I have these clear frames. I mean Chris can see because we're on video together. And when I got these, nobody had these frames. I was the only one. And I was like, oh, this is every fucking weird. person has those frames. Every now. person has them. They have the same shape even. There was at one point I was on a meeting at work and there were four people <laughs> four other people with these frames in that meeting. And I was just like uh. And my but eyes wait. are getting
1: worse because oh, I am
0: getting old. Getting
1: older. But. Well, here's the deal. So, like, I started... I, this is a true story. I started watching yeah. Love is Blind, season three, because you know how I am. Okay. But anyway, one well, of the characters has, has your glasses, frames? and I've been thinking about you ever since I started watching it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, so I just figure if my eyes are getting worse anyway, I think that's a sign that it's time for new frames. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see what i come back with so it's um pretty chill so i mean the next thing is to ask what you've been reading or watching let's talk about love is blind briefly how is love is blind season three because i loved season one i loved the antics but i don't know if it was because of the novelty or what season two i think i ended up bailing about halfway through and then just reading all the spoiler articles about who stayed together uh major spoiler nobody
1: Okay so here's the deal so I think it's a, it was a learning curve for Netflix as well mm-hmm. so season 1 they spent a lot of time in the pods and you really saw them develop a relationship yes. you know and so i and so that i think they got more traction after they were out of the pods and into like whether they went to the the special place where they all go uh um, mm-hmm. Mexico and so whatever that yeah that got a lot of attention because it's you know there's drama and there's i think yeah. if, if you could have the choice of peace or like confrontation or whatever that's how reality shows are so you know mm-hmm. they're so popular right now is because people want to see the confrontations they want to yeah. see like i don't know what that is but it pisses me off anyway so they like that more so mm-hmm. the second season they showed more of that as opposed to the pod uh, interactions, so I think it was like a half half. Like half the season was pods, and then the second mm-hmm. half was let's go to these apartments and live together and see what what turns out. Yeah. So now it's like I'm on I think episode six, and there mm-hmm. the, the pods are like long gone. Like the very first two episodes was pods only, and really? so now yeah, and so now it's all the drama that follows. Like they have the 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 couples that actually get engaged. They mm-hmm. get together and there's like, you know, you can see like, oh shit, this, they yeah. aren't going to go together. They aren't going to last. They aren't going to last because, because people like that. People want to see that, you know, there are people who want to see them succeed like me, like there's this mm-hmm. one couple that I hope make it. And mm-hmm. then there's people who want to see them fail. Like, are you no know going in like, oh, that's never going to last. Yeah. So, but they want to see that side of it. They want to see them fight or, or like hook up with somebody else. And so that's where I think that, that they failed this series. I think that Mm -hmm. they should have left it sweet and the concept was absolutely great. And somebody said on the show, they said it was great to get to know somebody without the everyday distractions, like your cell phone, like a computer, Mm -hmm. like, you know, family members, just, you know, you and that other person just sitting and talking for hours. I mean, they nailed it. I mean, true.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I liked all the time with the pods in season one because There was a part of me that was like, okay, A, why are why would people do this? And B, okay, but could you actually find love with somebody doing this? And I felt like, yeah, you're right. The difference between season one and season two, I didn't understand in season two, why certain people were choosing each other, especially with the way it was edited together, where you're like Shane and Natalie were just like, what a mess. There was a 0% chance that was ever going to work out. But then you even look at like, the couples that did end up getting married on season two and again it was like i don't think these people are gonna last and again like haha guess what It, it like not haha that's terrible but like of <laughs> course they didn't of course they didn't right like danielle and nick and the way they were fighting and the vicious things he's saying and she's talking about throwing like doing weird shit to his toothpaste and i'm like what are you 12 both of you right how is yeah. this going to, or what was it? Ayanna and Jared. I can't even remember their names. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I yeah. think Ayanna and Jared are the other one where like, he was clearly disappointed that he didn't get his first choice, but he's going to marry this other woman anyway. I was. Mm.
1: Well, there's this one character or one character. There's this one woman who didn't get first choice, did second choice and then got third choice. And then it's like, Oh, I love him so much. And I'm just like, uh, yeah why don't do I watch this why do I watch you know yeah I'm just I'm just a sucker for this I want romance and I want love and I want it all to be happy and show that it can be done you know on reality yeah. tv I mean that's why I wrote forever because I love the concept yes. of it because I think like like watching or having apps on your phone and trying to meet people that way is really really hard like in mm-hmm. person or you know in something so unique like a pod I just mm-hmm. I love that I love the idea of it just because I think you know, the internet and apps and all the different dating sites have taken over our world. So,
0: I think yeah, what I, so I need much. now is, I am fine to continue with the format of Love Is Blind, but make it gay. Just give me a gay season of Love Is Blind. Give the queers what we want. Oh my god, yes. how many people would love that? So many people. Would. Okay, so what? do Like, yeah, right? <laughs> Stop being cowards. Just right. do it already. <laughs> maybe they'll make decisions on that based on the outcome of the midterms and see how oh, that yeah. goes yeah that's a whole other let's leave let's leave those alone let's leave them we'll just except <laughs> to say please go vote and if you oh, can please, fuck, vote yes. in advance vote as far in advance as you possibly can what else have you been reading or watching lately
1: so i actually read a book
0: yay what was it and i, know. You I read i
1: read southbound and down by k b draper and if you love humor, like, this book is top-notch. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I laugh so hard. And I know, KB, you know, her descriptions of the antics in this book, it, it's kind of a, um, it's like hijinks, and it has a suspenseful storyline, so it's not just all fun and games. It's like an actual, mm-hmm. you know, this marshal protects this DA until this massive trial, you know, hits the courthouse. It's just it's kind of a fun, just a fun story, a fun mm-hmm. read. So, uh, i uh I read that, and Then I finished the House of Dragon, the prequel to Game of Thrones. And let me tell you something. So, like, this whole time, I'm like, I don't know if I'm invested in this or not. Because they were jumping around, like, all of a sudden, it's 10 years later. And all of a sudden, it's five years later. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, four years later. And, like, the Mm -hmm. kids are, like, they go from babies to adults. And, like, the adults look the same. And it's just, it was just, it was really confusing. And they had the same, like, everybody had the same sounding name. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know, I have to do this. It's kind of like, you know, The Walking Dead and all the offshoots from that. I have to watch it because I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, loyal to the, to the main mm-hmm. The Walking Dead, but I'm loyal to Game of Thrones. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch House of the Dragon. And God damn it. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. The final episode, the finale got me hooked. Really? Yes. I was like, son of a bitch. Now I like it. Now I have to wait another year and a half or whatever until the next season comes out because uh.
0: like oh, 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 something oh, major there was happens a, a thing that happened that
1: there's a thing that happens but there's always a thing that
0: happened a cliffhanger it's always there i haven't seen any of it but i did see twitter explode when somebody when cosmo posted i think it was cosmo put an article that was like house of dragons means we can finally admit it incest stuff can be hot sometimes." And I think there's just this collective all
1: across Twitter with people saying,
0: absolutely the fuck not. Can you stop? Why is this happening? Go away.
1: Right. But see, I don't, I don't like it for that reason. But so let's talk about this. So in Game of Thrones, there was incest. There was sister, Mm -hmm. brother incest, bunch of kids. They had some kids and everybody's like, ah, it was uh, like Cersei and Jamie. Yeah, they uh they had a bunch of kids together, and so everybody was just like same reaction. Oh my god! But then here's the deal. So everybody fell in love with Daenerys, mm-hmm. the blonde-haired Amelia Clark character, mm-hmm. just because like she had really really rough, and she like came up out of you know she just came to rule, and and then she got a little in her head. But Jon Snow, like there was an attraction there, and everybody wanted them to hook up. They were like, oh this is great. Everybody loves Jon. He's sweet you know they love her she's really sweet together they make a great couple blah blah blah. they hook up blah 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 turns out like she's his aunt ew and so but but everybody was already in love with him by that time and they're like everybody's like well
0: you know maybe it's not so bad they were (laughs) were, she wasn't like uh, raised in the family with him They didn't. right exactly yeah (laughs) it was
1: one of those where they didn't know and they were in love And uh, they wanted to get together. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, guess what? We can't because we're like uncle, I mean, aunt and nephew. Mm -hmm. And so that shit happened on House of Dragons. So, yeah. I'm not in it for that. I mean, I'm all about the dragons and like how that all came about. Like the whole fight for the Iron Throne. That's what I'm in it for. The fantasy aspect. Not that kind of fantasy, but just like the sci-fi fantasy. Well,
0: apparently the author... Well, this particular article was there oh Oh. and i was just like that is an interesting (laughs) take i mean i'm not gonna say that it's not like there are some people where like that's part of their kink and that's like i'm gonna leave all that to the side i'm gonna make no comment either way but to like put your name in print in this article and the internet is forever yeah that was a choice right
1: and maybe it was i mean i i didn't read it or see it i kind of haven't really been online for the last six weeks but was it tongue-in-cheek
0: or was nope. it
1: like legit like hey i guess we're okay with this and this is the way it is
0: now was it like that uh or- pretty sure it was legit oh here we go <laughs> <laughs> i haven't a- oh wait oh. did cosmo take it down That uh, they did the cosmo took down the tweet okay hang on I wonder if they it. took the whole article down. This is interesting.
1: Wow.
0: Okay. I think they took the article down. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, well,
1: okay then. Just google that. Let's google it. Oh, like, it's on Cosmo. the
0: like for sure, unless for sure somebody would have submitted it to the Wayback Machine to make sure that it was <laughs> Let's. I'm not gonna Google that right now, but okay. can, I will yeah. try to find it for you later because you are my friend, and I feel like if I have to know about this, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> that's how you that's know we're true. actually friends. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay. well uh, Okay. You so
1: I so Survivor nine thousand eight hundred twelve started. So of course, season mm-hmm. I had to really mm-hmm. watch it had to start it. Uh, I don't know why I watched it. Actually, I think it's like season 43. I think it's what it is. So I'm I'm watching that. Mm -hmm. But like the thing that I needed most came to me at the moment that I needed most. So they started a new season of The Great British Baking Show. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. I want to go there and I want to live in the tent with these people because they all seem like they're awesome. And the contestants all love each other. And there's like a group hug, you know, once one of them goes. And then, like, later after the season ended, you know, they do a recap, and like, mm-hmm. these freaking people are friends, and they get together and go on vacations together and stuff. I mean, that's so some cute. good bonding. Yeah, I so love cute. that. And so uh, that's where I want to go. I want to be in the tent and live there.
0: Okay, so as you have mentioned, you haven't really been on Twitter very much recently, and so I would like to catch you up on a little bit of the Great British off drama uh-huh. as uh so that I can ask you about okay. the two big controversies. Oh. First of all, how did you respond when you watched Mexican Week?
1: <laughs> I laughed at they couldn't pronounce taco. Taco. <coughs> First of all, tacos. taco. Was- <laughs> I, I was, I was, it just made me laugh because like that's not part of their. That's not, not part of their cuisine. You know. They also I guess. could not
0: pronounce guacamole.
1: <laughs> yeah. they Yeah. Right. And so what they made like here's the deal. Like, I don't know anything about baking or cooking or what would taste good. I don't know. I just know I'm like, oh, you know, they mix things that I Mm. I really wouldn't mix. You know, I watch it because I think it's interesting just that people do come up with the concepts and I love the interactions between the judges and the contestants. I think it's really like low key. It's not it doesn't make you feel like shit if you like make something that falls apart yeah Uh plus i like to see what people can do in like, like the course of four hours you know this that could make this cake that's really made of gelatin and blah 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 mm-hmm. so yeah i just kind of i i just kind of chalked it up to like they that's not like i don't know shit about fish i don't eat fish yeah and that's all they eat i say that's all they eat that's, that's a big <laughs> consumption you know they're it's an island and there's a lot of fish and yeah. so i don't know anything about fish so so I I'm not the one to say oh blah 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 you know yeah. so as far as Mexican week you know I just laughed because they couldn't announce anything and they made weird stuff but
0: yeah you know
1: they just yeah. don't eat the food and I, and I get it so what was the controversy what were they saying
0: uh, like the fact that just, they can't say taco <laughs> that it was the absolute most cringe worthy how they couldn't pronounce anything <laughs> yeah, the that's pretty funny. the matt lucas showing up with his maracas and like the super cringe worthy jokes and yeah. uh. basically yeah. the big opinion was weird. they should have just passed yeah, on time. by and done something that was not mexican week and the right. other one much more recently was how did you feel about the s'mores uh the s'mores
1: was weird I, just because first of all they had a hard time even pronouncing s'mores and they again that nobody knows what s'mores are like yeah. nobody knew what they were yeah you know, no. There's some things I'm like, what are they making? What is a what is it? A gâteau? Gâteau? What's a gâteau? I don't know what a gâteau is. Yeah. You know, and you can't Google anything. You can't pick it up and like, I I don't know what that is. And so, but I'm not a baker either, so.
0: Gâteau uh, is just, a, I think it's just a kind of cake. I mean, gâteau is French for cake. It's... Is it?
1: Is that what that is?
0: But it has to do so. with
1: custard, too. Like, it had to have custard, or they made it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it might it, be. It has to have layers of yeah. Uh, Sponge cake and then some custard stuff. And yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it, it wasn't a s'more that I would need. A s'more connoisseur.
0: <laughs> that is, seems to be the consensus from all the Americans yeah. and the Canadians that I follow yeah. on Twitter that were like, what is what this? What did they make? Yeah, that they, they did not is make a s'more. Not a s'more. The, why was there yeah. dark chocolate? What is with this meringue? What is going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, and they made, uh, but the the one thing I, think that sounded pretty good mm-hmm. as they made their biscuit I love a cookie biscuit whatever. It's okay. oh yeah uh, they made this biscuit that actually looked better than a graham cracker graham crackers like, are kind of gross they really are you know what they should do they should take that what is it the biscotti cookie and make that as part of the s'more you know what I'm talking oh, about oh yeah so like yeah, that, yeah. that kind of a. that's what they should make and I think that's kind of what some of the people did when they made their biscuits
0: you want to get me had, uh, to follow you anywhere in the world for any reason? Start doing smores with shortbread.
1: Yes, yes, I agree. Shortbread, percent Shortbread. Oh my god!
0: A little bit of. I, I know, I know, this is gonna be sacrilegious to some people, but a little bit of salted chocolate—not just chocolate, but like put a little bit of salted toffee in that chocolate. Do you know? Follow you. I think or it's pretzel Anna. bits.
1: My friend Anna used a Reese's peanut butter cup. So did Kathy. Everybody mm. uses a Reese's peanut butter cup with the, to make a s'mores. Shut up. Yeah. There you go. You're welcome. Let's go start a fire.
0: Well, I think the <laughs> snow in our yucky. backyard has finally melted enough Stop that we could do a fire. It. Oh, my God. Chris, last. Okay. Ugh. Okay. I know <sighs> we're like breaking our own format all over the place. Aside. Aside. I think some people will want to know about this. Would you like to hear about puppies first snowfall?
1: oh my god yes please
0: so little miss ember gertrude scott had her first ever snowfall because last weekend we got i don't know it was probably close to a foot of snow oh my god yeah 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 and uh we were like what's she gonna do because you know some dogs love it some are not she was so cute
1: It was ridiculous because she
0: she would pounce on the snow and when she would pounce on the snow, a bunch of the snow would fly up and then she would see the snow that flew up and then she would pounce on that snow, which would then make more (laughs) snow fly up. And then she was the best. She was like digging in it, like sticking her nose in it and. She just wanted to be outside the whole time because it stayed like it wasn't it it stayed like kind of around freezing or like slightly colder than that. But it didn't get really cold. She was out there for hours. I have never seen that dog sleep as hard as that day because actually we had to make her come in after about an hour because she had her she had her puppy school graduation day that day and we needed to make sure that she had energy for puppy school. And so she went she graduated. She we got a hey. photo of her with her little cap. She hated it. I'm <laughs> <We> gonna <laughs> let her go play outside for more in the snow. And she like she has never crashed harder than that evening awesome. when like a bomb could have exploded around her and I believe she still would have been asleep because wow. she's a big, big, big fan of the snow. I would like
1: to say that oh my god, snow. Like before I went into hibernation, it was still summer. I know. And you're talking about snow. Like, I mean I'm also so sad. It's like
0: Calgary it does that in calgary snow in october is super common i mean the thing that's nice is that i i still work from home all the time i only go to the office about once a month so i don't care about snow anymore because i don't have to deal with uh the commuters and that's the main thing
1: yeah that's true that's true okay so what have you been reading and watching
0: okay okay so there is only one drag race happening right now as far as i know as far as i know it is Drag Race UK, and I think season four might be one of the strongest seasons of Drag Race of all the wow. Drag Races, including the US and the All Stars and all that. Wow. They brought in such an incredible cast that except for the person who was voted out first, cause I was like, I don't know about this one if they're that strong. And then they got kicked off first, and I was like, this feels correct. So like, yeah. Well, they're that person, like, nothing against that particular individual but they're a jerry hallowell impersonator and that's like the whole shtick which like drag race is about versatility it's not just about this is the only thing i can do and everyone else though was so strong that every week i'm like i don't know like who's even going to go home who's even like i don't know who's the top four Who's the top four of this going to be? It could be literally anyone oh. because they're so good. So I have been loving it. The most recent episode was uh the Snatch Game, which is kind of that like super iconic where they're all doing celebrity impersonations and doing a match game style. It's an improv challenge. But the thing that I especially loved is the Queen Cheddar Gorgeous did a look for the runway because the whole thing was I forget I forget what the theme was called, but it was all about pink. And her Gorgeous dressed in all black, but there were hot pink triangles. And it said things like silence equals, it was either silence equals death or silence equals violence. And it was just paying homage to all the people who died of AIDS and putting the message forward that, you know, now that we have PrEP, you know, HIV doesn't have to be a death sentence anymore. We actually can eradicate AIDS and HIV via these medications if we can get them to everyone. And it was just such, it was a really powerful moment. And there was a really powerful conversation about it. So I think, you know, if anyone was inclined to watch or try to find that i would definitely suggest it because it was just it was so good and pointing out that you know one of the drag queens i think she's like 28 or 29 and she was saying she was talking about how one time she was asking her friend who's in his 50s like why do you hang out with only young people and he said it's because all of my friends died because hey. there are wow. you know there are a lot of men of a certain generation like especially men who did lose all of their friends, and there you know there's just there's a generation of people that were i mean it was kind of like it was um it was a genocide in a way by refusing to do anything about it by saying, oh. "Well, this is only affecting gay people, and that's good, and we don't give a shit so yes i highly highly recommend that episode, and I also I commend Drag Race for including it. Like, they do include personal stories quite often. They do include political things. good, yeah. Especially right now with the way, you know, it's really interesting to see. There's certain parts in the world where gay marriage is being legalized and then you see what's happening in North America and the UK and how there's this very big anti-trans movement. If you think it doesn't impact you, what's happening to trans people right now, have I got news for you? Because that's just the wedge that the religious right is using to crack open the door to take away rights for everybody, to recriminalize right. us. And I am glad that Drag Race is calling attention to it. I also watched a documentary. It's a, I believe it's an HBO documentary, but I am in Canada. So I watched it on Crave. Ah. It's there if you are inclined. It is called Wig. And it is kind of, it's very drag race adjacent. Um, And it's about Wigstock, which was, it was an annual drag festival that was in New York City for almost 20 years, started in 1984. And it was started by Lady Bunny was kind of one of many people. And then I think just ended up organizing it for the rest of the years. Lady Bunny is a really good friend of RuPaul's. Um, mm. They kind of came up in the scene together. And it started as this like impromptu drag show in Tompkins Square Park in the bandstand. And it was just like a couple hundred people that first year and just like people literally wandering by. But it turned into like thousands and thousands of people would show up and it lasted until 2001. And that was really during, you know, when Giuliani was mayor of New York and Mm -hmm. he decided he was going to clean up the nightlife. And Lady Bunny brought it back in 2018, just basically saying, we all just need a laugh. And so it talks about the history of the festival. What was the context of what was happening at the time? And kind of interestingly, it was really interesting seeing this episode of Drag Race last night, actually, and having just watched Wig a week ago, because it also talks about how you know a lot of their contemporaries in the drag world whether it was drag queens and kings or well whether it was drag queens or like just like gay people on the scene who were coming to see them at the clubs were dying and so you would see this archival footage especially like in the 80s and 90s of paying tribute to a queen who had been who had been on stage the year prior but who they had lost since then and so it's this really It's a great it's it's a really kind of great memoir in a way of a particular part of the queer scene in New York City, say from like 1984 until kind of the 2000s. And then there's a lot of familiar like drag race people that showed up for the 2018 version. Yeah, it was super fun. And then I don't know about you, but I have felt like the world has been particularly scary and hard lately. Um, yes to just be a human in everything like everywhere you look it's pretty uh rough and so i decided to just go back to an old favorite i've talked about it quite a lot on the (laughs) show before but i did a full reread of truth and measure and then uh the second part above all things wow rosalind sinclair it took me about a week because i didn't just power through it i was responsible and i kept my sleep schedule where it should be but like it just felt like a little warm blanket saying we need that sometimes for sure yes (laughs) yes it was so good so comforting and it's really fun now that i've read it because i'd read it all the way through kind of for the first time this spring when it came out and knowing the trajectory of the story and being able to go back and see those first moments it's like okay when did things sort of start what what are the beginning seeds and the thing that I think was most fun for me was realizing, oh, it starts on the first page, actually. Mm-hmm. There's just this line on the first page that seems almost like a throwaway, but it's actually extremely significant. And yes, I just, I still love it. It was so good. I love that. It was the best choice. Yay. So Chris, what is your yes. official recommendation this week?
1: My official recommendation is the movie... Bros,
0: hey I haven't seen it yet, and I'm very excited to see it. I'm so glad you're talking about it because I yes. am sure that when it was announced, a bunch of listeners were like, "All right, somebody's gonna watch it.
1: It's <laughs> got to come up on QR." It does. Okay, so this movie stars Luke McFarlane and Billy Eichner, and mm-hmm. okay, so here's what I thought was interesting. So they said it's regarded as the first mainstream Hollywood studio-backed rom-com to feature gay men as leads, and I feel like. I like that's wrong i feel like we well, have talked about a lot of quote-unquote mainstream movies but i yeah. guess i mean i think we did it we i think i did
0: a hallmark gay one i uh, felt like it was movie. interesting that that comment came out when fire island just happened right
1: exactly i was gonna say i'm pretty sure we just saw like we, like in the last six months, we've, we've watched at least three mm-hmm. movies that were like that. So I, I jotted that down because I wanted to go ahead and point that out, and I think they're wrong. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, back to the story. So Eichner plays Bobby Lieber, a born and bred New Yorker who hosts a queer hist- history podcast called The 11th Break. And he and so I'm like, oh, cool, he's a podcaster. That's great. And he's like, oh, I'd like to welcome our one millionth subscriber or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, we're not there. <laughs> um, not yet, that not yet. is where yeah as an aside, tell your friends do you like the
0: show? Tell your friends
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> we need more than hundreds, we need millions um, so he's also the director of the first national l g b t q history museum that's finally getting ready to open. It's like right on the brink, oh, and so uh, good. they lost some money, so they're trying to figure out how to get back the five million dollar they lost because they've already pushed the opening back twice. And so the board um, mm-hmm. is just a bunch of queer people and there's so much like deliciousness on the board and you wish that they had more of a presence throughout the movie mm-hmm. because it's funny. There's this one guy, he's always, he's always talking about, nobody talks about the B and LGBTQ. Bye. And so he brings up all these people, you know, Bobby is trying to say that like Abraham Lincoln is gay and, mm-hmm the guy on the board's like oh he's bi because he's married he was married and he had four kids and so it's just yeah. it's it, they have like every representation every letter is there but they just yeah. didn't they didn't flesh it out more and i wish they would have so anyway so he is bobby is a 40 year old never been in a relationship kind of guy mm-hmm. uh he doesn't believe the gays are capable of having a relationship so mm-hmm. he just kind of has like you know one night stands and and he's okay with that So he leaves this dinner party with his friends and he goes to uh, he goes to a club. And it's exactly like what I picture and what I've experienced, you know, Mm -hmm. the techno thumping music and everybody has their shirts off. And yeah. And, you know, muscly, sexy men with no body hair and silver shorts are shimmering around. I mean, that's exactly what I've seen. And a side note. So uh, one, I don't know how long ago it was, but I went to New York City for, I think, a weekend. And Cindy Rizzo, I met her for drinks. She's like, hey, you're not too far from me. Let's have drinks. So I did some drinks. And mm-hmm. there was a bar next door to the, the hotel. I don't know where it, where it was. But there was this bar. And sure enough, they had the guys shaved the smooth, no. with the Still. silver shorts, on so the bar funny. dancing. But here's, So we got drunk off of like 20 bucks because the drinks were like $3 a piece. And that's unheard of in New York. Just enough. Oh. That was a side note very good so um so he meets aaron and aaron is exactly like what everybody's staring at the smooth sexy boy in the shorts and no shirt and he's just sexy and and they sit there and they make fun of uh, gays they're just like okay we're horrible look at us you know we're just in it for sex we're in it for you know we're not in it for the relationship blah 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 but bobby doesn't know how to pull back and so he he's very very snarky and so Aaron ghosts him. It's like he's in the middle of talking, and he doesn't realize that Aaron has left because Bobby likes to hear himself talk. Like, oh, that's no. His thing. He's just that yeah. person turns around like Aaron's gone. Yeah. And So later he's like, why'd you ghost me? He's like, yeah, I don't need to hear that all the time. Yeah. So they end up becoming friends. And, yeah. and Bobby really, even though he says he doesn't want a, want a relationship, he really does. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, he's like a lawyer. He's super smart. And he has like a, he, his job is to like, create wills for people like mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. do you do with your money you know mm-hmm. uh after you're deceased so he hates his job he really he really wanted to be a chocolatier and i love that because i wrote a book about a chocolatier yes so, anyway so there's a lot of similarities i was loving yeah. this movie yeah. it had great i mean i literally laughed out loud several times you know the dialogue is hilarious the bad thing like some of the the movies i watched the lgbtq movies the mm-hmm. dialogue is horrible it's not yeah. it's just bad dialogue and they make fun of like things like tinder and grinder and like where you see somebody you're attracted to and you're like hey hey and then you want to come meet sure Mm -hmm. and then you see the scene where they go to the guy's house like hey what's up and and, like it's just like simple it's just so it's what you think it is and it's exactly what it is so i mean Mm -hmm. just the whole the whole thing was great and also Bo and yang is in it for like five minutes and that Yay! is the most hilarious scene with him in it i absolutely loved it and it's in p-town there's like a section of time and like where they actually meet uh andrew i'm sorry with with Wonderful. mo and yang like it's in p-town so it was kind of cool mm-hmm. because like the whole time i'm like oh i've been there oh i know where that is i know where yeah. that is so it was it was a good movie um it definitely had the cinematography of, of mainstream you could tell it was made with money Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it was really good. It was, it was a nice romance, and it kind of gave you a different, you know, lesbians. You know, we love the, uh, you know, the, the whole lovey dove, the romance, mm-hmm. the, the wooing and stuff. Like that. And this, and it's different to see how some men can be how to get to relationships. And there's like, there's like a threesome and a foursome, and it's just funny, like how it how it doesn't work out. It's just the whole movie is if you like to laugh, I and do. and yeah. Then I highly recommend this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious.
0: Good. The yeah. Quir- I'm super Quir- excited for that one. I just need to figure out where it is playing in Canada. If it is streaming in Can. I hope it's streaming in Canada. Like, I'm going to find there are, it.
1: there are cameos. The cast is amazing. Like there, there, are, there are some people in there that you will just laugh out yeah. loud when you see them. When they show up, you're like, Oh my God. And they just laugh. You just laugh, so it is a good it is a good movie, and I'm glad I watched it. So So good. What is your official recommendation?
0: Okay, okay. So last weekend I got hit with my first cold that I've had. You can probably even hear it in my in my voice. That's why I'm so sound so congested. It's fine. I was a big baby, but I also was like, you know what? I'm going to lay down for the weekend. And that weekend, I watched nothing but the first season. Well, that's not true. I watched (laughs) Wig. And then after I finished Wig, I watched the whole first season of Legendary. And I love it. I've just started season two. There are three seasons. It is on HBO Max. Again, if you're in Canada, that means that you can watch it on Crave. And this is a competition reality show about ballroom houses. Have you ever seen Paris is Burning? No. What? i know maybe give half, me your I give know. me your gay card right now give me your gay <laughs> I'm card gonna i'm gonna look Cindy right at. now
1: because i always i'm automatically gonna say no all the time now
0: so it's a documentary i think it came out in 1989 and it was by jenny was like but it's about the ballroom scene in new york city and so it's kind of the reason I asked that is that if you've seen it for people who have seen it, then you'll have kind of a good idea of where today's ballroom scene came from anyway. The judges are Jamila Jamil, Megan the Stallion. Yes, your hand is raised. Nobody else can see that, but I'm gonna oh. just point it out for them. Yes, Chris. Yes in the back. I was what just was-
1: gonna say I'm pretty sure that was on the documentary I watched, the six part documentary that I recommended earlier. I think it was called Pride. And I think it was in that.
0: Yeah, it probably was. It gets was referenced like a in a lot of things. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets okay, referenced sorry. all of, like ahead. I think it was referenced in disclosure as well. And so the judges are Jamila Jamil, the actress, uh, Megan the Stallion, of course, the absolutely incredible rapper, although I think she leaves after season two. Leomi Maldonado, who is just like an absolute legend from the ballroom scene and brings that real credibility because she knows, and then La Roach, the um stylist who's there to judge the fashion. Each season, the houses are competing for $100,000 and they each bring five people from their house and they're competing against a range of categories. They can either be team based or it can be individual. So like they, you know, somebody is doing presenting face. Somebody is doing runway. Somebody, you know, it just kind of depends on what it is. And the houses are often... You know, they're often named after couture brands. So there's the House of Balenciagas in season two. In season one, they have the House of Gorgeous Gucci or the House of Escada. And these houses, like, yes, they're teams. But also one of the things that I really appreciate this show is that it brings it across that, like, they're also families. And for a lot of the people that are in these houses, they are the only family that they have anymore, because they've been kicked out of their family of birth for being gay, for being trans, for any of these things. The other thing I think is kind of cool, too, is they're, they're also showing. So some of them are named after couture brands. Some of them are named after their founders. So the House of Ninja participated in season one. And that's named after the absolutely iconic, vulgar Willy Ninja. He created that house or the House of LaBejia is in season 3 which I haven't seen yet so I don't know who wins and I don't want nobody tell me cuz I'm going to catch up <laughs> don't tell her um, but it was founded by Crystal LaBejia and do you remember I think it was last year I was talking about the documentary The Queen about the drag pageant from the 1960s <laughs> Crystal LaBejia is in it and she does this absolutely incredible read at the end because she didn't win but she and another person whose name currently escapes me and i apologize for that they threw the first ever ball which is thought to be the beginning of ballroom culture and she is the founder of the house of labasia and then you see the next house mother pepper labasia in paris is burning and so it's just very cool like she she created this in response to that white favoritism within the drag pageant scene because she was a um i can't remember for sure what her background is but she's not she wasn't white so um here's the thing that i think is probably if it's not clear it should be clear am i actually really equipped to talk about all the ins and outs of this as a white person in alberta no absolutely not but and i've never been a part of the ballroom scene and and it's unlikely i'm gonna happen at this point in my life but i loved this show completely like inhaled the season i'm so excited to watch the rest of it because i love how the family aspect is so strong and comes across and you see so many of these families coming together and really fighting for, because like, yes, of course the money is great, but they also want to prove to everyone that they have the best house in the world. The voguing is unbelievable. Like unbelievable. Some of the fashions are incredible. You learn a lot about the scene how it is in the present and how things happened in the past. You especially learn that from, you know, they, the, the teams talk about it in the, like, there's certain sections where it shows them preparing for what they're going to be doing or, um, where they're talking about it. But also you learn a lot from Laomi because Laomi calls out a lot of things. So if you want to be entertained, if you want to learn something about this other kind of really important, critical, area of queer culture and especially like ballroom is for everyone but you can see like ballroom exists because of black queer people whether they're gay whether there's trans there's a ton of trans representation on here so much of the lingo that we use now comes from ballroom like talking about shade and categories and all these things like it's so good i highly highly is that is why it is my recommendation for this week nice so that is all for this episode thank you so much for joining us if you've enjoyed the show please make sure you subscribe on your podcast app so you know whenever we release a new episode or like i mentioned earlier for real it sounded like i was joking but seriously if you have a friend who would like the show who needs more queer media recommendations in their life please tell them about it or uh if you'd like to support the show, there is that link to Kofi in the show notes.
1: Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Quirly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. or reach out to me or Tara. That's it. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Bye everyone. Bye.
1: Hello? Hello? Still nothing? Nothing.
0: <laughs> you
1: know what happened? It was you. I what? Muted. <laughs> I muted. it <laughs> on my end so I could start coughing and then I forgot.
0: <laughs> I was mute. like, Excuse how me. can I fuck it up again? How can I fuck it up again? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> okay, sorry I'm about that. Sorry, that was me.